cloudy is my current state. Back to college town. Can't drink like that. I need to get hooked up with John Jones guy, and he's going to come up on today's podcast, which means it is time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting way easier from outside of the cage, not always inside of the bar, if uh, I'm just throwing out some personal. You know what? I am your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Raph Esparza. Raph, you were once again traveling go watch some fights how I are did. you doing this evening i'm fine i want to address something i thought we had a very long conversation about how you weren't going to unleash full rager kevin we had a conversation i don't specifically remember the salient details but wow that was my bad kevin can you give us some way that we can understand sure. your level of unsobriety, like on a scale of John Jones 2005 to John Jones maybe 2013, 14? Where did you fall? I would call this in the 09 range. There was some measured okay. control, but drinks. Okay, I went to a place called the Salty Rim because the bouncer at O'Malley's <laughs> shouted in my ear. I, look, I'm not 21, and I have a job. I'm headed to the next bar. Calm down. By the way, O'Malley's is see-through, and my man has a fucking earpiece in like he's the Secret Service. Why don't you just yell to whoever's in back? No, Nobody else could possibly be on that frequency. And I w so instead, we went to the Salty Rim, where two Maker's Marks, a gin and tonic, and a tequila something were $12, Raph. And they didn't just dash in some makers the guy okay. poured it to the brim it was like i guess this mm. is a college single this is quite tasty i am uh rather excited about this but twelve dollars so john jones eight eight nine really would have crashed a car except i lifted or walked everywhere good on you there, there's a lot of information and i i don't know how and i'm not are. a fucking millionaire john jones <laughs> Asshole. This is really I, there is so many podcasts you can go back and listen to where Kevin just goes, if you just hired a driver, you dick. It, we would really have skipped some massive PR scandals and actual problems like when he hit a pregnant woman with cocaine and cash. <laughs> I wish one of us could draw. <laughs> We could animate that one together. Uh, this is far more interesting than what's going on in the news. Yes, I did go cover fights this weekend while you were, you know, testing your sobriety. I had a great time covering CXF 15. Uh, they had one of those explosion names, Kev. I got to. Uh -huh. I got to see if I got my my credential around here somewhere. Right, nitro tally. You know what it is? It's Rage in the Cage. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, I don't know that you ever saw this photo that I sent over to you because it's a busy weekend and I don't I don't begrudge any part of this, Kev. I just need you to understand that when I do appear at these events to cover them, I understand there are going to be rules and regulations and things that we have to follow. I mean, that, that's just part of the game, right? Absolutely. Okay. I need you to understand. I'm sending this to your, your Facebook messenger. Just can you read what's highlighted 
Yeah, first of all, <laughs> I guess when you said you took phonetic notes, I'm trying to click on it. Hold on. Where's my phone? It's fine. But this is this is them giving us a sheet that's entitled rules. Uh no alcohol. No <laughs> alcohol. No also hole. <laughs> the hell is that so i mean when you say it like that it, it reminds me that yesterday while uh working wrestling at uh, 10th planet van eyes there was a distinct moment where milton yelled out that's some ho shit and i i laughed a lot but i'm like he's in fight camp i'm not gonna give him shit about it and then we were doing the interview and i gave him and the other guys the opportunity to play host for a segment of the interviews. It's amazing. It's a really good segment. However, when I come back on camera, Milton goes, I want to thank my coho. Ah, shit. And he realized that he called me a hoe as I looked at him and I go, now you're done. I'm, (laughs) I'm taking you're you're off the clock now, but there's nothing funnier than an organization that writes a note that says, and they really, again, everything else is very important. You know, I get those rules. But if you could not write alcohol like an alcoholic, it would really be helpful to me. It does, it's like Stewie from South Park wrote it. It's got oh, that's that. Wait, Stewie was from <laughs> Family, Family Guy. Guy. You got it. Damn it, <laughs> guys! I was drinking a lot this week. Raf, you back? Uh, you take the wheel. <laughs> I got this. So one of the nice parts about covering this uh, kind of event, uh, Louis Smoker. Uh, looked really good. He had a round where he's kind of getting bullied, and uh, unfortunately, his opponent. Mm, I mean, he did. He looked really good. Smoke uh, Oklahoma, where the wind comes. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> it was uh, an interesting fight because uh, it was supposed to be him. And uh, I forget exactly. I think it was uh, Parisian or something like that. And uh, it was a very game Kyle Estrada. Now, Kev, this is the worst part. You know when they say, fuck it, go for a leg lock? So at some point, Estrada goes on his back and is trying to sweep him into like a heel hook situation and reap over the knee. And it just kind of ties Smokla into him. To the point where Smoko goes, oh, yeah, I don't have to move here because I can just punch you without any problems. And uh, at the end of that second round, uh, the ref said, yeah, we're good. That was uh, That's enough fight for you guys. So Smoko wins uh, via uh, mercy stoppage. Uh, I also want to say there was one great fight that caught my attention with uh, Kyler Phillips versus Victor Henry. Oh, so, my cousin, Kyler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kyler, which is a fancy way of saying Kyle, I think, in my brain. Uh, it's a millennial way of saying it. How, how young is he? <laughs> I, I don't want to answer this because I, I want to praise him before, okay. you know, shitting on his name. Uh, he came out in the first round and uh, he had what I think some folks might call the round of the century where he's obviously a grappler, but he got the back very quickly and he was trying to take advantage of that moment and, and really, really, really work his opponent. 
uh, Victor, no slouch. I mean, he trains with uh, under the shingle of a Josh Barnett and a Chad George. So it's not like he's going to wilt under pressure, but it was definitely a tough round for him. Kyler had that nice combination that you and I always look for, which is a grappler that can strike because those unicorns, my friend, can be very rare. So I was very excited to see him make it through his first round to the point where I was saying, man, this first round pace is incredible. How is he going to be able to keep that? Oh, okay. Second round. Okay. You're not as fast, but you know what, dude, I got a lot of props for you. That first round was amazing. And then Victor just, I mean, he came in, made some smart adjustments and made it uh, an even fight and then was able to kind of carry that momentum into a third round. It was an incredible uh, performance by both gentlemen. But for that first uh, round, uh, Kyler made me a, a fan of whatever he's going to do from here. So uh, I know he didn't win, but huge, huge fan after that. And for Victor Henry, um, there's not really a, a better way to impress us on press row when you look at somebody go man that's a fucking terrible round oh you're gonna win (laughs) yeah midway through the fight i go i don't see you losing now you you're you're you got that attitude that definitely says uh, under no circumstances will i lose this one uh george garcia made the appeal to go to the ufc but this is interesting i think this is something that john king is trying to do and i understand it and i have an appreciation from it uh, because it's similar to what we do when somebody tells us, Hey, you know, can we shout out your sponsors? And they go, I don't have sponsors. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, let me, let me do the hard work here. John looks at the fighter and says, now, is there something you want to tell this crowd? Maybe, I don't know, Dana White hint, say Dana or Sean, it's fine. Just, you know, look in the camera, make your, make your plan. <laughs> and so he definitely helps coach those folks through that. And, we got to come up with a better line than saying, yeah, you know, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm ready. Maybe I'm not. Um, it just kind of depends on where things fall in line. Like, I want a hard stance. Hey, listen, Dana. I got time for your shit. Looking for a fight? I'm looking for a fucking contract, dick. Don't fuck me around. I want a contract right now. <laughs> and Dana White. If you act now, and this is where you got to figure uh, in some QVC shit. So this is where I thought I'd throw it back to you. Do you have like a hard sale if Dana White acts right now and it's QVC? What are you throwing in as part of the hire Kevin Phillips package? Go. I'm going to bring the helicopter kick back to your bald ass organization for the low price of $19.99 a fight round. I am prepared to not only jump off a cage backflip into a referee but i'm definitely going to bring some reckless abandon and we'll do a shoe shine bit if dana and i ever disagree i've got a lot of tools in the bag i like where you're at although i think mine was a little more facetious but i'd really really sell it as to make you think it's 100 percent real but i would look at the camera and i'd say man thank you jonathan forgive me the opportunity to say what's on my mind dana white you got to act now, dog. If you don't act now, Bellator is going to snatch me up faster than they snatched up Dylan Dennis. Oh, sorry. That's a terrible reference. Listen, Dana, I'm just saying this. You want me in there because I'm going to fight my heart out. And if you act now, I will throw in a fight pass subscription. You can't tell me for sure that you have one because I know a lot of your fighters don't. 
And really, I think it's 50-50 on if you actually ever look at it. Because sometimes I look at those fights and go, I don't think Dana knows those people. So, act now, Dana. Get in on this one free fight pass <laughs> subscription. If not for you, a family member. We'll make it a whole package deal. Boom. There's, there's a 50% chance he's ordering that package. She's like staring at his remote. He's like, how do I click? There's got to be a way to do this. <laughs> 100%. But I think that's why we need to set up like a telephone 1-800 number so that we can kind of get things going in case shit goes awry. Um, but uh, just to kind of briefly summarize a few other things that happened. Uh, you had that AJ Bryant had a masterful uh, return to form. Uh, again, it was a, a big story of the night seemed to be uh, there was one person who would lead that first round and then for whatever reason uh, came up short in the end, uh, but still provided us a very good clash. And in that case, that would be uh, Sergio. Uh, Sergio was fighting a very solid fight. And one of the things that I really uh, am impressed about Sergio Perez is he's also got a good jiu-jitsu background, um, put a lot of pressure on AJ, and then AJ started to go ahead and uh, take over, do the thing. So anyway, that was a great fight. Just to go over a couple other quick notes, uh, JJ Buckner, friend, fan, human being, got a great knockout, was very impressed with that. Uh, my actual note here says, winner, JJ by death. So... That's how good his knockout was. Jeez. Very, very <laughs> impressed with that. Uh, Craig Plaskett also picks up a decision. Uh, Desmond Torres had a beautiful, uh, beautiful uh, triangle choke. But I don't want to go over without saying Javier Garcia won via a triangle from underneath. Some people like to call it the fly trap or whatever. I call it impossible because I can't do that move. But I was very impressed because he pulled it off over one uh, Rob Gooch, who's uh, no slouch. So them's a few of the notes that I took from the weekend. I uh, was very happy to go out there and cover it. CXF always gives uh, a great set of matches. Yeah. And, you know, the commentary is not bad. So Yeah. Rap, while we skip over to our next topic, which includes the letters CBD, we want to take... Mm just a second to talk more about our best friends in the world proven nutrition.com get the core drink get it's cold out it's getting cold you need these you need 100 percent natural ingredients you get free shipping on orders over 49.99 you need to go to proven nutrition.com right now tell them verbal tap sent you a little kevin a little kevin 10 in there maybe a little raft 10 so uh we can keep feeding the dogs. She will be quiet during the rest of the show. Fingers crossed. North, south, jujitsu.com, a place where you don't need to cross your fingers because you're going to have the support of the world's best underwear. Put them on. Feel like Batman, Christian Bale, Michael mm. Keaton, whichever one you're into. Um, even, I guess, if you have to go George Clooney, but I, I would stick with... I'd go with a Christian Bale baby. I mean, I'm I'm keeping it old school. <laughs> What's under your gi? NorthSouthJujitsu.com. Get the stuff that keeps your hips hugged. Raph, does the B mm. in the CBD tournament stand for black belt? I was confused about where that came in, and is there weed involved? So, uh, not to my knowledge, weed being involved, though it very well could have been. Uh, this was the black belt CBD, which is a new brand of uh, CBD products and 
they put together an invitational. And honestly, the thing that impressed me most about this, they got some real top-tier talent. So they got people like uh, Muhammad Ali to be involved. Real top-tier talent. And then they got low-tier, which is Kit Dale. But combine that together, that's still some good stuff. They put a super fight between Frank Mir and Forrest Griffin. And Forrest Griffin, when he saw the poster, said, uh, it looks like I'm apparently fighting evil Steven Seagal or Frank Mir. And it's based on – it looked like it was based off of uh, a computer-generated image that you would see on a UFC-disputed video game uh, version <laughs> of Frank Mir. So that's very funny. Um, that match was okay, and uh, it was kind of interesting because I was looking at it and I go, Frank Beer and Forrest Griffin don't make sense size-wise, but because it's grappling, I just never care. I say, sure, why don't we see it? I mean, especially if it's just for funsies. Right. And that's essentially what it was. So that was pretty cool to see Forrest get in there and do that sort of a thing. And you know, even though Frank's bigger, he's still not bad at jiu-jitsu. Like, that's definitely still intact so um there's that that's what what's the thing that really impressed me the most was that they got adolfo back to competing they they were saying yes for the first time in four years that he was coming to compete at this now to me kevin i've been very sad i've said this multiple times on this show how pissed i am the mma has gobbled him up and we've been uh, very sad to not be able to see him do his pressure passing, his amazing athleticism. Uh, it's just robbed us of years of great jujitsu in Dachki, mostly. I mean, he's a great no-gi competitor, but let's be real. We all want to see what he does in the gi. But the interesting thing about a competitor, when they've been away for a while, Kev, sometimes you forget how to use the gi. Do you think that Hadolfo forgot how to use the gi? No, no, I do not. Are you sure? And and I want to hear where you're at on this because I would love to hear part of the mechanics of that. He gets my Lovato hall pass. I feel Mm -hmm. like uh, there's certain people that really just relax by putting the gi on. And he always seemed like he just loved the gi. And if you think about some of his closest matches, obviously it's pretty tough. No gi competitor himself, but in the gi, the guy's nearly unbeatable. Again, I don't... I don't disagree with you, but I also don't know that you know certain things that would help illustrate your point or uh, elaborate it. (laughs) And I guess part of the reason for that is, is that over the weekend, he was dominating people. He was looking really good. I mean, he put up a super good match uh, against uh, Muhammad Ali. And the weird part about this Invitational, Kev, is that they actually had rounds. So it was a little confusing. Like, they kept trying to explain the rules, like, nine or 12 times. And I still said, like, are we seeing this one time or three times? So some uh, format aspect of it was they were having three different rounds. And so you got scored if you did get a submission. And it's kind of almost like best out of three is essentially the, the vibe of it. So you you see these guys go up against each other multiple times. Does that sound confusing? Yes, but it's really oh. round robiny. Eh, like a one person round robiny uh, is the the thing. So what I would like for you to understand is I'm going to send this little clip I've got over on your Facebook again. 
And uh, this is what I want you to understand what Hadolfo, uh, you know, he's, he's not rusty. He just might have forgot what it's like to have a gi and what you're supposed to do with one and how you're supposed to use it. So as you pull this up, just tell me what you're seeing. I'm seeing uh, genius in the Hodolfo. Hold on. Did he just have to like move his hand away? <laughs> well, Hodolfo just kind of forgot that he had his cell phone in his gi. Oh, my God. That's what that is. Yes, his phone. Yep. <laughs> it falls out. Uh-oh. Well, there goes my theory, because you know who has it? <laughs> I'm going to remove the Lovato hall pass for sure. <laughs> Unless Lovato hits us up later is like, oh, no, I'm for sure fought with my phone. That's funny. <laughs> so I love the fact that even though there were some great moments to this tournament, that was the most viral clip that came from it. So, um, you know, I mean, you can't really choose your viral moments, but that was a funny one. And See, it made but- me think it was like, when they say it's been four years since he's been in, in gi competition, I go, well, the phone is definitely a dead giveaway. It also seemed, it did seem like there was a kit just that cracked him up. There was a little <laughs> bit of like, oh, that's funny. I will say this. So last week, if you guys haven't gotten the opportunity to go check this out, I had an interview with Craig Jones on the grappling hour. Kit Dale saw that I interviewed him. Okay. And he put it up on his Instagram and on his Instagram, he put up something that said, oh, look, it's Craig Jones uh, being interviewed by Raph. And then he actually showed on his video footage, video footage of him pressing ignore all notes from grappling hour on his Facebook. (laughs) And so I found out today, I was like, well, one, uh, I said, well, go all of your opponents in your heavyweight bracket. And number two, Kev, did you know that he's starting a podcast? Uh, Kid Dale is? Yes. Again? So Kit's going to give it, I guess, his uh, 15th go-round, or is, he, uh, is it about grappling? What's it about? Oh, I don't know. He was asking what he should call it, first of all. Then he was asking people, like, who should be on it. And I think the natural first inclination should be he should really just pull on Craig Jones, and the two of them can have a love fest together on there because they always seem to make fun of each other. There we go. And... Kev, you know what I did get Craig Jones to admit? I got him to admit two things, and I'll let you guys know this, but only you guys because I like you guys. Number one, I straight out asked him, are you a member of the Danaher Death Squad? <laughs> what did he say? Because, uh, I mean, go watch the show. Oh, okay. There uh, we go. Hey, I'll tell you why. Grappling Hour, starring <laughs> Rafa Sparza. You can find it on all of the social medias. I'll tell you off air. That's fine. Okay. You don't have to watch it. But... <clears throat> I also asked him point blank. I said, would you ever put together a New Zealand version or a Australia version of a quintet team? And he was like, yeah, I actually would. Uh, I'd be into that. So straight answer for him on that one. He's like, well, I would think Kit Dale's got to be on it. And Lockley, uh, Lachlan, he calls him Lockie. Has to be on it as well. Yeah, and he goes, and I'm not going to say who the other two are because I think I'd get crucified by people. And I said, well, what would you do? And he goes, well, I'd let Kit and Lockie figure out who's going to be the fourth and fifth one so that I don't look like a bad guy. And I go, leadership at its finest, Craig. <laughs> yeah, I between those two, I feel confident it's going to be another six to seven years before uh, oh, yeah. before it happens. So. 
So that's that's kind of what's going on there. Here's what I'm going to say about Black Belt TBD. I, I thought that you, there was a way more motivated Rob Drysdale doing commentary with uh, David Allen. And it was a lot of fun. And there was only one moment where guess what he's doing too? Him and Dave are doing a podcast as well because it's the fun thing to do. Yay. Damn. So, yeah, everybody seems to be getting in on this. I'm surprised that Kit didn't show up and go, hey, mate, you doing a podcast? Me too. <laughs> and then do their little thing and whatever. Um, but at least the nice part about this one was Rob is very, very, uh, you know, he's knowledgeable. That's not in question. But we've seen him at uh, Burkut or ACB events literally snooze and go, oh, fuck, let's talk about anything but this going on. So it was a, a very nice thing. And I think he did his best to try and walk us through whatever the rules were. But I kept thinking, like, at some point they're going to say, and if they collect over a hundred rings, just like Sonic, you get an extra life. That would I be thought, badass. Well, yeah, that would be. I would. I would I totally be into that. Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> I didn't like when you would lose all the rings when you get hit. Um. Yeah, but it did certainly send an impact. Like it would really. <laughs> it did teach you a very valuable lesson just of me. keeping your ring. By you as a kid, so uh, set subtle lessons about marriage too. Hundred percent. <laughs> by the way, it freaks me out with because I don't wear my my actual uh, wedding band ever really. Um, and my wife, as a way of getting around that, literally got me just a, a rubber version that I, I wear. It's just like a rubber ring. But I'll tell you, even though this thing's like only five bucks. When someone knocks it off of my hand when I'm training, I'm terrified because I'm like so trained to think it's my real wedding band that like even my wife goes, it's five bucks. I'm like, but it's a symbol of our our love, babe. <laughs> our love's more than five dollars. And she's like, oh, my God, shut up. I would buy you a new one. <laughs> our love's more than five dollars. That's because I used to I used to take on and off the 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 wedding band, the the silver one that I have. And uh, I still see people rolling with those on. And I got to say, I wouldn't say steer clear of them, but I would just maybe once a week remind them, what are we doing here? Okay. You going to brass knuckle me in the face with that? Because, um, no, thanks. <laughs> I, I, terror. Brass knuckles are in my top five serious bar fight fear. <laughs> it's the unknown. We're always fearing what the unknown is. So, Kev, there was something that happened in the news that you seem to be uh, just catching up on now. But I think you've had the opportunity to figure out. We we opened with a little bit of a John Jones commentary. But do you put John Jones in the greatest of all time discussion? I So, yes. Um, except with a massive asterisk of these last few years have really sucked. So I think he was on that trajectory, but right now I do not think he is the greatest fighter of all time. No. So you said the word asterisk. He's in the category, right? He's in a nice top 10 conversation, but greatest fighter of all time. Sadly, he just has a lot of, he has a lot of marks on his record. And right now he's not the champion of anything. Uh, well, well, hold on. <laughs> There's a few categories. <laughs> he is the undisputed king of cocaine fighting. 
That's and we all know that he's USADA's favorite guy right now. That's for sure. This is one hundred percent. So his contention right now is he's saying shit where he goes, "Hey guys, I totally understand that I've got haters." And those haters just don't want to give me credit. Now, do you think he has a point here when he says, maybe you just don't want to give credit? No. I think he uh, hit a pregnant woman (laughs) with his car and then got caught and said it was dick pills and is now like, well, I'm going to turn state's evidence even though it's just dick pills. I'm going to tell them all about my Viagra hookup. It's just nothing about what John Jones has been saying. And I, I'm not going to steal the point you made off air as we were prepping for this, um, and I'll I'll introduce it as you get a chance. But for me, it, John is already in this place where he's trying to drum up excitement and no one's excited for him yet, and I think he thinks it's because of his fighting career. It is not because of his fighting career. That is not why we currently have forgotten about him, I think. Everyone would admit, of course, you're an exceptional fighter. You're also kind of an exceptional asshole at this particular juncture from the whatever you're doing with USADA, which is not like he sat down on a podcast and given us a straight answer. Because he can't, they have other stuff to do, I'm sure, before he's allowed to talk about it. So I have a lot of John Jones' opinions in terms of what he's doing, why he's doing yeah. it, but I would like to you go ahead and make your point in terms of the bests. Here's what's happening here. I think that John Jones, if you really want to qualify it, is the best at cheating. Can we agree on that for MMA? Because that might be a good starting point. Yeah, that's very crushing it. Okay. Super undisputed goat of cheating, question mark, asterisks. So this is where it gets all weird to me. The big point I have on this whole contention is why is it that we're in a modern era of sports where every person who is in the discussion has to be the one making the case for themselves? I don't know that you necessarily have to do that. That's not to say that it's unusual for athletes to have a certain boastful nature or talk about their accomplishments. But I think there's something weird to be said where John Jones is provoked by these critics or these haters that he's referring to that he feels the need to speak out about how good he is. And sure, he could have a point that maybe people don't want to give him the credit. But I think we've done that thing where we say, yeah, dude, you're an exceptionally good athlete you're an exceptionally good fighter but you do put a weird element when you say that the amount of drugs that were in your system were like a grain of salt in a giant swimming pool because to me it sounds like we're just coming up with some random qualifier bullshit (laughs) because uh i mean one person very accurately put it on a comment section they're like ah twist it's a pool filled with ocean water. <laughs> and I said, that's pretty funny. So yeah, the one thing that really does seem to go hand in hand on this is the following. It makes me think I've not been uh, afraid of going on other podcasts and making the, the claim every once in a while, like, you know, we're pretty good at what we do, if not the best. And I usually say it uh, with an element of, uh, being fun and then, you know, making it into a, a bit or doing something with it. But it made me think if all of these athletes like Daniel Cormier can't stop talking about his goat status, even while he's still not finished doing it. 
should we just be talking shit about everybody else who does BJJ podcasts as to further heighten our space in the BJJ podcasting world? Well, it's hard for us to understand, Raph, because when you've been at the top this long mm. and this aggressively, it's mm. uh, really difficult to even understand how those people struggle in the middle. So maybe it's a mm. privilege because as, as the greatest podcast ever in mixed martial arts coverage, it's tough for us to, to go backward. You know, and some podcasts might call themselves the most downloaded or the most popular BJJ MMA podcast there is in this world. But I ask you this, you know, those people are taking dick pills. So what kind of performance enhancers do you think they're using as well? Okay. Yeah. Um, wait, who I lost the, you heard how much I'm I mean, it's drinking. just, it's kind of like, it's like a lot of people. Hey, it's not us. I mean, we have our problems, but you know what the nice part about it is our problems are at least to the point where we recognize alcohol is misspelled when we go to an event and I say to them, I'm not that drunk. Boom. Take that. I just want to make it very clear that this in conjunction with the news today that there will now be podcast awards being given out and they're going to stream it online and Mario Lopez is going to be giving out podcast awards and you know he likes fucking jujitsu so to me, one thing is very clear. We will not win any awards. Charlemagne the God will co-host the festivities in front of a live Maybe audience. Wow. Nope. Nine, nope. And Joe Rogan is going to be uh, – he's nominated for Best Podcast, them in Serial and Hardcore History and a number of those uh, – major podcast that all your friends say that you should listen to, but you don't because you're loyal to us. We get it. We love you for it. But Kevin and I realize that even though we are the best at jiu-jitsu and MMA, you know, not everybody does that. So we thought it'd be a nice time to give the speeches that we would have given had our sport been, you know, way bigger than you know, it really is. So Kevin's going to lead off. Kevin is going to give his his acceptance speech because in my brain, I'd like to think that we do that thing when we both go up to accept the award where we wouldn't talk it out and we'd just kind of like both be signaling for the other to go first. Like, no, oh, you really. Oh, see, I feel like if uh, I, I assumed you and I would have already hashed out exactly what we'd say. I think we would have, but we also would have understood the logic of us winning uh, as being the goofballs when they like turn to us with the camera saying our names as being nominated. We both look at each other like, oh, now we really know we're not going to win. It's up against Amy Poehler. Fuck no. Or Chris Pratt. Or fuck anybody, any human. Fuck, Kit Dale is fucking up against us. No. Are you kidding? <laughs> and I, in terms of uh, ours, I thought you and I would have a joke. I have. I'm not. I won't give. Sure. My, I'm not giving my speech yet. But we'd start with like. I want to okay. thank uh, the Hollywood Foreign Press. Ref interrupts me. He's like, I'm sorry, what? Uh, I want to thank whoever the hell puts this on. <laughs> Dick Clark, probably. I want to thank the I Liver Music Awards. Wait, that's not it. <laughs> Just that, and that'll be it. And that's our time. Thank you. That would be. 
And I would be so pissed if I didn't get the chance to speak. Because I'd let Kevin do his shtick to begin with, and I'd be like, one of these better land. And if I don't get the chance to speak, I'm going to be so fucking pissed. I Mine would be a simple, I'm going to pull out a list, because it'll already be <laughs> pre-written. What started out as a dream turned into a nightmare that required a lot of work and scratchy audio days figuring out how GarageBand could uh, get our levels correct. Yeah. And that's family. This guy to my left. Are you on my left? Do you know stage, um, yeah. stage right? No, stage I mean, left. Yeah, this guy on my left, left. It's, it's a pleasure to work with him. It's a pleasure to work for you. Thank you for this. Uh, you love me. You really love listening to me. Thank you. Thanks. Um, hey, we're, we're still going. Uh, I see it. my counter's going down. It's okay. Uh, what started as a passion pro- – wait. You know what happened? They just printed your list twice. So I I have a copy of your speech. <laughs> um, I'm just going to give it as if I'm Kevin. Uh, hey, guys. Do this the is a lot of joke. fun. Do the eye liver. The, oh, the eye gallbladder no, radio. <laughs> We gotta go over the high liver joke. I got ten seconds. If I don't thank my wife, she's gonna kill me. I want to thank uh, Kelly and our, our beautiful little puppy Lucy for always barking at the worst possible times in the show. It's like you're a producer. You're doing it right now. I hear you. Uh, you're a producer's <laughs> yup nightmare, and I still kind of respect that you bark on command when Daddy needs a good joke to end on. I love you very much. Thank you guys. <laughs> Tune in uh, next week. Well, we should have just let that be our shout-outs, by the way, except uh, as, yeah. we, as we round third. If we were more, more organized, yeah, 100%. You know, go vote for us, I say. See, it can't be too late to get us in the mix here. People are like, it is too late. It's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Democracy is over. It's fine. Uh, Raph, this mm. has been – I appreciate the – Everyone dealing with my um, – I drove seven hours in a Subaru 2001 today. So a little cloudy with a chance of puppy barking. But that's uh, going to do it to us. We're headed down for some shout-outs. Yeah. You, uh, would you like to go first? Yeah, let's do this. I want to go ahead and thank everybody over at CXF. Uh, they always put on a great event. That's a really a lot of fun. I want to thank – let's say uh, – what is it? Where are the places I go? Thanks, Luce. I, I forgot what that one was. Let's say we're at the uh, 10th Planet Van Nuys. So our good friends Milton, Lance, and Elliot are fighting at King of the Cage this weekend over in Ontario. And I'm going to be going there covering that, so I'm very stoked for them. Uh, if you guys haven't bought tickets, go buy and support those gentlemen. Uh, I also want to send a big shout-out over to the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 8 a.m., Tuesday, Thursdays at 11.30. And don't forget Valley Martial Arts Center Huge thanks to those folks who are amazing. Uh, I probably will be going to train after uh, my dog yells at me for neglecting her. You can't yell at you if you're not there. That's, that's how that goes. I was in. What a and, great dad neglect joke. Yeah. Yay. I'll be here all week. I was in Manhattan, Kansas for a K State speech thing while joe wilk was fighting in hutchinson by the way he won congrats to joe that knows wilk continuing to fight just because he loves it that's really why he's doing it he's just crazy it's great and massive shout outs to his team 
Manhattan has changed, Raph. Way less redneck dingy. It was Craig Brown's 40th year in forensics. We went back. That's the speech stuff Raph and I don't ever not talk about, so you've, you've heard a little bit about it. And it was amazing. Uh, a few of his closest friends and assistant directors of forensics, people that have worked for him and moved on. Bobby spoke, Darren. Darren Epping hosted the whole thing. It was just uh, amazing. They brought me back. Raph, I got to judge some pros and some after-dinner speaking. Don't remember Wait, how to, don't remember how to judge pros. Do remember how to judge after dinner speaking, just not well. Just oh. <laughs> not well at all. And so what what did you think of when you were judging pros? Like how does that happen? Is it just a tournament in his name? Like how are you judging pros? Yeah, essentially. So they uh, with Nathan Jackson, by the way, Okay. who you know, famously would be a part of helping write for Shameless Season 1 series Luke Cage. doesn't matter. He knew what he was doing, I would imagine. And Zach Ralston, uh, which it was just great to see that whole crew. And I got I was the chair of the round, and they definitely wrote an indignant, totally qualified chair on the posting. I was like, thank you. Oh, wow. Thanks for the shots. <laughs> Thanks for the shots, everybody. It was a blast. It was a perfect weekend. I got to see uh, some shout-outs to Jared Meitler when we watched the Chiefs and my man Patrick Mahomes destroy. It doesn't even matter who we were playing, but it does when they're from Ohio, and that's what I heard the Bengals are from. Enjoy mediocrity again. That's what you deserve. There's nothing weirder than when the Chiefs are doing great, and I just have this weird telepathic thought to Kevin that's always, you know this can't last forever, right? I I do, to my credit, know that. <laughs> See, Royals, because even C-Royals. when you have a LeBron doing things for your Lakers, you still have him going. Yeah, we haven't figured this out yet. So let's let's get back to you guys. Did you see the fight? Also, Just I did. Shout out to the NBA for bringing an MMA style um, Rondo versus CP3. Can't wait to sign them up in Bellator. <laughs> For seven years from now and i think that'll do it for us tonight here at verbal tap i am kevin thank you for listening good night and lucy say good night oh now you're quiet yeah now she's yeah because i'm holding you now i'm literally go. holding you next to the mic you're not gonna say shit <laughs> all right good night you have dialed has been changed. The new number is, please note, the new number is